again michael we are on the minute number oh i'm sorry were you gonna do that no i was not i'm so sorry <laughs> it's, no, it's okay we okay it's well, a call and response because on my podcast my name i'm taught to say hi after my name is said so we were trying to work this out I, I'm, let's let's just you know peel peel back the curtain peel back the curtain that's not the phrase let's just peek behind the curtain real quick now i'm sticking with it let's peel back the curtain <laughs> and uh, so we were trying to figure out, and, and we, we figured, and we tried one where it was like a high, and then we we're like, no, because then the conversation, you guys have been listening to us for a week. We, we don't stay on topic. <laughs> it turns out that we are very much on the same page when it comes to that. Um, I'd like to think by this point, if they're coming back, maybe they like the off-topicness of it. It's the vibe. Um, Do I you want to assume- I don't know how these minute podcasts usually work. Like, do people just talk about the minute of movie for, you know, however long? It seems intolerable. I mean, yeah. And I get that that's the point is you're supposed to dive as far into the movie as possible. But I feel like part of that is talking about Columbo mm-hmm. for a very long time. Well, yeah, part <laughs> of it is, is figuring out what else the movie makes you think of. And I will tell you this also. It'll probably get easier for the people that are doing stuff that's not just like, all right, let's introduce this character because... Not much happens in this minute that we have. Um, oh, and this is minute number ten. See, this is what this is exactly what it's talking about. <laughs> so, Should we? Do you want to keep going with this, or do you want to start out? Should we? <laughs> so the thing is, what we decided on. I will tell them this is that uh, I'll go through the whole intro, and then we introduce, and then we start talking, which is what you've been hearing. But um, we uh, we we've messed up on that <laughs> before, and like just start talking. But like, okay, stop, start again. Uh, but this time we're leaving it all in. We're, it's Friday. Let's get a little crazy. Yeah, I'll raw and uncut. Uh, exactly. This is minute number 10 going from 9 minutes to 9 minutes and 59 seconds. And that's the last math I have to do for a few months. Uh, and yes, in this one, we uh, I, I, literally not much happens in this, as I just said. We do meet uh, Jacob, um, who's Walt's son, who is um, a... Uh, uh, alt-right Nazi troll. Yeah, they make that very clear. <laughs> yes, it's like, oh, he's, he's, he's very uh, politically active, and then they cut to Richard, the boy's a Nazi. <laughs> and then Meg, who this mm-hmm. is the first time we see her in the interview chair, I love that they cut, they don't cut ahead to yeah. interviews before this point, but at this point they were like, we would like it to be made very clear. Mm-hmm. Listen. <laughs> this character is a Nazi troll. You know who this is. You've had Thanksgiving at your at your aunt's house with this guy. Ryan has got some, uh, some opinions about certain people that didn't like his Star Wars movie for certain reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and he would like to put one of them in the movie. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we don't have time, but... Oh, I love that this scene does start, the opening line of this scene is, Jesus, Donna, are you all right? <laughs> yes, because of Donna freaking out over the uh, the glass. Um, 
we do, as he's talking, we see, and this is what I said I wasn't sure we'd have time to get to, but it turns out we did. We see, once again, the cake, the birthday cake, being put down in front of Harlan. Only this time, standing on either side of him, is Donna and Walt with Jacob behind. So everybody is remembering themselves being right next to Harlan when the cake got put down, which is a detail I love. I think it's just so great. This is such a great way to sort of, like, mm-hmm. show the dynamic of these characters and that, like... What they think is happening is not what's happening, which is a big part of, like, murder mysteries, right? Like, Mm -hmm. people lie, and they don't always lie just because they're suspects of a murder or because they did it. Sometimes they lie because they have their own secrets that they're keeping. Mm -hmm. And and (laughs) sometimes they lie because I honestly think Walt probably does remember him being right next to Harlan when the cake was put down. Because that's, you know, who distinctly remembers a cake being put down? Yeah, I know that while that song is being sung, all I'm mm-hmm. thinking is, I'm going to get cake. cake <laughs> exactly. Cake, 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 cake. Cake, 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 cake. Time to go eat some cake. <laughs> and that's just the parties I'm invited to. The ones I sneak into. Want a piece with a corner. Because <laughs> it's Not got more frosting. Oh, see, now that's a word. We're opposite there. Oh, so let me ask you a okay, very important question. Very important personal question. Go right ahead. Whip- so, uh, buttercream icing or whipped cream icing, where do you fall? I am fine with either. I think I prefer the whipped cream icing. Uh, <gasps> I know it's it's a little rarer and a little more, uh, it's less common, but agree I, or disagree? I would I would also agree to uh, whipped cream whipped, whipped cream frosting just mm-hmm. because of the texture of it. It's exactly. very light and fluffy, which is what I want when I'm eating a cake. Not so much. Uh, I also think buttercream... T- Buttercream icing is just like, it gets just a little too hard. Mm-hmm. My mouth is very gentle, and you I know, can't have icing that cracks, 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 cracks over. And I'll cracks say this, over. fondant can just crawl <laughs> back into the pit of Hades from which it came. Fondant is proof that if there is a god, it is malevolent. <laughs> and we cannot trust it. <laughs> Fondant exists only so that people on Nailed It can feel worse about themselves. Fondant is... You can't... You, nobody has been able to prove to me that it is not just Play-Doh. Fondant killed Harlan Thrombey. <laughs> the, um, How did you find out? <laughs> Yay. Um... <laughs> The, the final thing Walt says in this, by the way, which I absolutely love, is I can still feel his hand on my shoulder, passing the torch. <laughs> like, that's such a bad metaphor, dude. Yeah, it's also just like, he's trying so hard to make it seem like his dad's proud of him, mm. and you just know that he hates the him The weird so thing much. is, okay, so this is, I, I'll, I'll, I'll peek a little ahead. We're, we're going to do the, the spoiler section after the wrap-up, um, but sure. I will say that Walt's inferiority complex about only being responsible for looking after his father's work, which is, you know, a thought that his father shares that you shouldn't be doing this. I don't, there's nothing wrong with it, Walt. You don't have to feel bad about it. You, if you've got a head for business, you know, it, it's okay. You're not pretending that you've, uh, you know, created your own thing the way that your sister is. Um, or, well, I'll let other people talk about what Joni's deal is, because that's yeah. going to be about to become important. But, um... <laughs> Uh, you know, honestly, I think, I think Walt, you know, for all that his business relationship makes him extra suspicious, especially given what we're going to find out in a few minutes, um, 
I think I think he's in the you know a reasonably strong position, so like you know lighten up, dude. You don't you don't have to be so defensive about it. It's also just the way he talks about his family, right? He talks mm-hmm. like Donna, she's my rock. Right as a small sound causes her to <laughs> yes. scream and throw wine over the nearest family member, <laughs> and just like the way he speaks of his son, in he doesn't actually say like, "Oh, my son's a good boy." He says facts. My son is politically mm-hmm. active. Yeah, and what kids can do on the internet is amazing. Yeah, kids these days on the internet. Um, and the thing that oh he and he definitely knows what a terrible person his son is, and he just doesn't want to deal with it. Yeah, um, you know that he he looks at his son. He's like, okay, he's pretty bad, but at least he's not Meg. Like you know, he looks between those two children, and he has a clear favorite. Oh, that is and that is also definitely true. Oh, I um. We we don't. I'm just now realizing that we don't hear any dialogue from Jacob even up to this point, and I can't remember if we hear him talk at all during the movie. Do you? He um he he does he does wind up talking. He stays quiet for uh, uh, quite some time, but um no, he's definitely got some lines because remember he's the one that drops the big bomb about what Ransom said during his little meeting with Harlan. <laughs> Right. Uh, what listen, in the uh, Nazi boy was masturbating. Exactly. You know, that doesn't count as a spoiler. That line is legendary on its own. What were the words like overheard by the Nazi child masturbating in the bathroom? <laughs> Can't you just say, I need that embroidered so I can just have it. So the, um, uh, I, I guess, you know, this doesn't count as a spoiler because it's a deleted scene. This, this would be as good a time as any to talk about Donna. Um Please. So the thing is, um, the reason uh, Walt is wearing a, a boot uh, is because he owes a lot of money to the mob. <laughs> <laughs> and they took it out on him. Uh, and so there's, um, the, there's some deleted scenes about that, and that was where Donna had most of her, uh, a lot of her screen time. Um, <gasps> he says it's a, bicy- a bicycling accident, but then um, uh, he, leaves. He, was, he, was, he was shot in the leg. Um, and that's that. And uh, he was uh, taking money from the uh, publishing company in order to pay them off, and you know he was trying to cover that up, and etc. Yeah. Um, so that that's all in the deleted scenes. So that's why if you're watching this and you just kind of think like, wait, Donna's really kind of like not a character. It's, it was deleted for time. It was deleted because Walt's you know motive was solid enough as it was, and they didn't want to make it look too. So it was right. the right artistic choice. It just left poor Donna without much to do. So. That's so sad. <laughs> there's there's also some deleted scenes involving like Joni, um, who actually let's talk about her because that's the last thing that happens in this. Scene <laughs> let's is... talk about Tony Collette. <laughs> Tony Collette. I do have uh, a T-shirt from Super Yaki, uh, which says Tony Collette should have been nominated, uh, and it's a great <laughs> shirt because you can wear it any year and it will always be true. glad that she has grown into her career mm-hmm. she used to be one of those people you saw them in the background you they were like serious actors who you only saw her in like indie films mm-hmm. and now she look at her in a ryan johnson movie playing a comedy like she's got so oh listen mm-hmm. the range of tony collette it's i feel can't such a oh, such a solid actress. She can do this and United States of Terror. I would be hard-pressed to think of another actor who can do both with the same kind of, like, nuance into completely different genres. 
I do want to talk about people who are actually like, you know, uh, speaking of people who do accent work, did you know she was Australian? I did not know she was Australian. A lot I of was people wondering didn't. if she was some kind of not American because I have seen her because she was in like a, about a boy and mm-hmm. she was in all these like, um, you know, what do they call them over there? United <laughs> Kingdom people. Yeah. But uh, she, uh, you know, uh, Mur- Muriel's wedding, of course, was her, uh, uh, you know, one of her breakouts there. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, she did Emma, right? Also, she did. Yes. Oh, she played Miss. Oh, she played Miss Smith and Emma. She did such. A, that was the one with Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow's Emma. That was um, indeed. Alan Cumming is also in that. Uh, everybody's in it. Well, is Alan Cumming in that one? Oh, oh right. right, 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 right. He's uh, El- he's the the the, the pastor who doesn't yeah. ma- who wants to marry Emma, and oh, I would never marry Miss Smith. Mm-hmm. Okay, I understand your Alan coming, but do you honestly think you can do better than Tony Collette? Like, I should I should have realized who it was because that's the dweebiest character in Emma. <laughs> yeah, he, every Jane Austen has at least one like Mister Collins for its own. For its own storyline. And it was 1996. Alan Cumming was a good several years off from playing cool people. <laughs> I, um, well, so let's talk about Joni, though, this character. Yes. So Joni gets very briefly introduced. She is uh, Walt's daughter-in-law. Uh, she was married to his son, Neil, who passed away, but she is still, of course, part of the family. She's also Meg's mother. Meg is who we have seen a few times. She was actually introduced uh, one of very few characters that was introduced before we started, so yeah. we didn't have to talk about her much. Uh, and uh, yeah, she's uh, she's delightful. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, so we've seen little glimpses of her just to let you know, like y- you see this character and you're like, oh, she's one of those flowy, mm-hmm. like, oh, I mean, it's, I did just bring up Gwyneth Paltrow, but I feel like that's who she's playing. I feel like that's Tony Collette is oh. making like a conscious decision to play this character as like Goop Paltrow. A hundred percent. No, the, well, that's one of the things that um, uh, in the other thing that showed up a, little, a lot of deleted scenes was Joni's. Joni has a lifestyle brand called Flan. Um, <laughs> so stupid. Go on. And that and that's like her. Well, because I remember one of the early commercials, uh, like like they put out two fake commercials, and I think one of them was like Martha Stewart just like cutting things up with knives. Um, <laughs> and then, but one of them was like a Flan commercial. And, uh, it's literally flam, as in short for flim flam. I love it. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was some real, like, Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, stick these magic eggs up inside of you kind of stuff. It's very much like, hey, if you swallow these spider webs mm-hmm. and then whisper <laughs> to this dove every night, you'll have clear skin. How do those things connect? You don't need to know. Gwyneth Paltrow knows. She's the only one who needs to know. Um, well, all right, I'm sold. <laughs> But if there's also um, trust, if you can't trust Hollywood royalty, who can you trust? There's a, uh, a, a in one of the deleted scenes. It's real that uh, Blanc used some of her uh, like I forget what it was. But it was moisturizer made out of like some weird like uh, like squid tentacles or something, uh, and it yeah. gave her, and it gave him a rash. Um, and uh, so again, I think they were just like you know. These guys have enough connection to the main story without giving them too much separate side stories, but she did not have a uh, a spouse to uh, fall by the wayside, so it's less noticeable. I do, um, I do wonder now. Do they ever say in the movie how Neil died, or is that I just don't not? I think so. Um, no, nothing. Nothing comes to mind. 
It's like, well, because that, I feel it, and, you know, obviously it doesn't have anything to do with the story. It doesn't serve any plot purpose. But I think that, like, at least in, I'll say, in an Agatha Christie novel, that would have had at least something, at least a sort of, like, a misdirection have served a purpose of, like, oh, yeah, he died 15 years ago. Like, I'm sorry, one of the children has died before the father? Like... Needless to say, there are two fan wikis for this, because that's how fan wikis operate. And uh, no, neither of them mentioned how he died. So I assume if we knew, those nerds would have brought it up. So Yeah. So it's, uh, well, clearly it's not relevant at mm-hmm. all to the movie. But I, I okay, she's hilarious. She's hilarious. Sure. She's so hilarious. She brings so much to this role. This is a character who you can kind of feel like if... She was sort of like a not much of a character, and then Tony Collette got the role, and then like she made it. Just oh. chef's kiss. I remember <laughs> seeing her show up in um the in the, the the theater when I was watching the movie, and thinking like, as soon as she showed up, I was like, all right, I've already got a feel for this character. And then like by like five seconds later, I was like, I don't. She's already so much more interesting than I thought. <laughs> This she does, is fascinating. This does technically surpass the bounds of our minute, but uh, the, it cuts her off mid-sentence. Uh, she says uh, she feels simultaneously freed by and supported by them, and we, we got cut off at the end. But it's her trying to get Jamie Lee Curtis to stand up and dance with her, and Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> just not budging. And I love... This is one of the very few flashbacks of this party where, mm-hmm. like... The people in the background don't seem to be sort of like going along with the fantasy of jo- yeah. that Joni has, right? Because we start up, it's an opening shot of her face, and there's this upbeat music, which I at first was sure was the Numa Numa music. <laughs> she popped up and is like, "I'm I I I know this song. I do not. <laughs> it was Turns not out. the Numa Numa song, but that's you know that's the vibe." She pulls up on screen. There's this ridiculous upbeat music playing. Nobody else in the room is dancing except for her. She's having her wild flower child moment dancing across the room, trying to pull people into her hippie nonsense. (laughs) And even her daughter in the fantasy of in this fantasy rolls her eyes and leaves the room. (laughs) And that's why I said you can always trust the flashbacks, except for the people putting the cake down. But that there's Sometimes you're seeing exactly what happens. Sometimes you're seeing truth through perception. This time you're seeing exactly what happened, which is nobody has time for Joni's hippie nonsense. She's like, we wish you weren't here. We wouldn't have invited you. (laughs) We all know if Neil had lived, you would have been divorced by now. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Oh, it's, it's good. She's great. But of course, that's for other people to talk about, really. Right. Uh, lots of great editing in this scene, though, because mm-hmm. it's we're getting more into the interview, so it's cutting back and forth between more. So we're seeing even more. We didn't get to talk about this too much before, but certainly the way things are edited between... You can tell the difference between, like you said, the flashbacks that are really happening and the distinct difference between things that are like, oh, this is a joke. Everybody's just... They didn't pay attention to this part or they mm-hmm. saw this part the way they wanted to. And I love how that connects with a lot of... There's a lot of, like, rule of three done with the comedy in this, which I know we talked about a little about in the first episode on Monday. Mm-hmm. But it there is very much, like, I think you hear the... Um, her family's from insert country here three times, and you see this cake thing at least three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
it's, the editing is just super. It's 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 really great, and the way the way that, you know they do match cuts and they do stuff, and even just like at the moment our uh, our scene ends, um, you know. There's, you know, this this creepy statue in the foreground watching that. I'm looking at it on my screen right now. <laughs> and the, it's it's all these, like, little details. And, you know, the the creepy people on the mantelpiece watching them. Every scene. You know, what do they say? That, that, that thing, every frame is a painting. <laughs> props for props. The props department went 110 for this. The props department saw the that, that hawk swooping down at Norman Bates in Psycho and said, <laughs> what if the entire house was that hawk? <laughs> and then they nailed it, have to say. So, had a goal, completed it. Good Ab- props for props. Absolutely. Um, so the... Um, the final thing that we uh, we get, our, our question of the day is, uh, you know, spoiler, spoiler Friday. It does say after the wrap-up, so this is the time that we would normally do our question. Do, does that, do you suppose that means, and again, welcome to week two, we're figuring things out, um, mm-hmm. that we do the plugs and such first, and then we talk about spoilers after people have had a chance to turn it off for that hypothetical weirdo who uh, is watching the movie one minute at a time with us? You know what? I say we go for it. Honestly, what are they going to do? Right. <laughs> I mean, other than have us re-record it, which, not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose so. Um, okay. Well, wait, now, hold on. Now I want to ask for context. Did you mean go for it, like, go for it, do the plugs, or go for it, do oh. the spoilers? Oh, yeah. Good, good point. Um, I say, I guess go ahead and do the plugs first, but now I'm worried that you and I are going to get mixed up when we get to the point where we would naturally put the plugs in. <laughs> It's all going to be very confusing. Let's tell you what. Let's throw in the plugs now, and then we'll give people a chance to leave if they don't want spoilers. I awesome. That's I'll, what uh, I, I would say. Uh, I'm a recurring guest on the the well. Now it's Kids Love Batman, but it used to be the Post Tom Horror, which was a Star Trek review podcast. And with oh. Deep Space Nine, which has a running plot, we always wanted to talk about it, and so we would do the outro and then do the spoiler section where we could just talk about what was going to come. So I guess that's what I've got in mind. So please do plug. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm on Twitter at Madam underscore Michael. I run a, I'm a co-host of a podcast, the K Bay Podcast. That's K B A E Podcast. Uh, we watch Korean dramas and then we talk about them. You can find us on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get your your free entertainment. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned on Monday, I'm on Tinseltown, the holiday movie podcast. But I also host a show called New and a Bit Alarming. Uh, which is uh, about remakes um, in sort of the broadest possible sense. It's any ways that stories can be told multiple times. Uh, we've had some uh, long form... Well, we, it started with just me complaining about the Beauty and the Beast remake for literally <laughs> 80 episodes in a row. Uh, it was not exactly minute by minute. Like here, it was more like two and a half minutes. Basically, we would stop whenever we found something to complain about. Um, but... Yeah. Since then, we settled in. We did Aladdin approximately ten minutes at a time, and that movie we actually liked. Um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't great, but it was better than Beauty and the Beast. Um, right. Well, and the bar is down there. Yes. The bar is quite low. <laughs> sure is. Uh, and then we did uh, Cats, which uh, of course is um, you know about adapting the unadaptable and how do you take that show and make it into a movie. Uh, and then we've also done a lot of little things, like when they tried to turn the Pirates of Penzance into a uh, wacky airplane-style comedy movie, uh, for instance, or... Um, what? <laughs> yeah, it's called The Pirate Movie. It stars Christy McNichol, and it's goddamn insane. Um, so, so, 
in between our longer series where um, we do these like little one-offs where we take like, you know, we talked about um, the uh, the way that the uh, Star Trek series has evolved through the Abrams reboots um, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And uh, So yeah, we, we've got our long series and we've got our one-offs and it, it's a fun show. It's all about the different ways that you can tell the same story. Um, and, uh, that's, uh, that's good times. So, that's that. Uh, get us here on, hmm, now what, oh, no, never mind, we've already set on this. I was gonna say, maybe we'll do spoilers now, and then we'll do the social media stuff at the end, but that's just madness. <laughs> that's just like a plug sandwich. The, uh, so get us on the web at Knives Out Minute on Twitter. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, and that's that. If you are some sort of oddball that has not seen this movie yet, uh, we love you and we support you. And if you feel like we've been making fun of you this whole week, uh, like, no, you're a fascinating individual. Please write in and tell us about yourself. Yeah, we just want to know more about you. We're not judgmental, we're just fascinated. We want to know what your deal is. Did you <laughs> did you figure out how to get those knives that you were looking for? <laughs> did you get did you get the resupply? <laughs> uh, what are you planning on doing with them? <laughs> <laughs> so many questions and more, please in the comments. Uh, Rate us five stars and then tell us about yourself. <laughs> so that means it is time for us to uh, to talk about spoilers. And I already did the um, the deleted scenes ones because those don't really count. But yeah. uh, what, uh, what what little sorts of uh, uh, clues and whatnot did we see in here in these introductions that we've had all week? <laughs> well, you have the biggest one. I feel that we weren't able to really discuss was the fact that like the murderer mm-hmm. and the detective are treated in parallels throughout this throughout their introductions, which are in the same span of like at least ten minutes of the film. Right? Mm-hmm. We meet Benoit and we hear about Ransom all within the same kind of span. Yeah, and then like also the first moments where we see both of them are very similar and they're shot a very similar way. So I love that, that that was brought on. Uh, gosh. Um, Oh, also I've been holding on to this one. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, by all means. Ransom Thromby. More Uh like handsome Thromby. (laughs) No, he's a murderer though. Yeah. Um, That's that is a shame. Well, the the brilliant thing about the way they set this up, and, and you know, I'm obviously not breaking any new ground by saying this, but that they set it up like a regular murder mystery, and then they tell you halfway through who the killer is, and the guy that has been really telegraphed as the killer the entire time is not, um, <laughs> and it turns out he's helpful, and then all of a sudden you're on her side and you want her to succeed and you want her to get away with it because, oh, it was all a mistake, and then they zag on you again, and it's like, nope, it actually was the obvious one. I have to say that my favorite use of this, mm-hmm. right, is Hugh did this. <laughs> Fran. That one's a real, that one's, I'm going to be honest, that one's a bit of a stretch. I you, I feel like that, though, in, in like, traditional mysteries, mm-hmm. there is a point, there is always a point where it's like, come on, though. Yeah, no, no, yeah, like, absolutely. It's like, you're telling me that this happened, it's. It's sort of like there's always a little element of like, well, that's a little unbelievable that he happened to be doing that at that exact or his name happens to be Hugh. And he just so happens to have this character moment of like, oh, the help has to call me by my first name. They can't call me Ransom. (laughs) (laughs) But my favorite part of the movie, no, my favorite part of this is Marta discovering this 
saying it out loud in her mo- in her monologue and saying, you always make the servants call you Hugh because you're an asshole. <laughs> I do love that. It's, uh, it's such a good moment. It's such a good movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. And I mean, just like the different dynamics and different chemistry between um, actors. I, I, you know, the other hosts will get into this much more, I'm sure. But like it, our minutes are very much about like here are these characters here how they here's how they act with the victim and themselves like anybody within their direct vicinity mm-hmm. and then the further you get into more here's how here's the dynamics with them the, each other and it's terrible <laughs> and they're all worse <laughs> however bad you thought they were as individuals wait till you see them talk to each other and also to Marta <laughs> like, and and that's the thing that's interesting is the the. I mean, I genuinely believe that if um, Marta had but not been named the sole heir, they would have given her some money and they would have taken care of her and they would have patted themselves on the back and made them feel like they had done a good deed because they've still got $850 million. Yeah, they would have done the guilty rich Mm -hmm. people thing. Yeah, exactly. And they would have said, oh, what a great person I am. Um, Look how how nice I am to do this. But as soon as they're threatened... You know, it just it all it, it falls right apart. Ah, oh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna watch the movie again tonight. <laughs> Me too, actually. I I I mean, you know, I have enjoyed these five minutes. Of course, they're all very good, but it would be nice to see the movie in its entirety. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about rewatching the whole movie before, like we recorded these. I was like, I'm gonna throw myself off. Then, so I watched the five minutes we didn't see. Just to make sure that I didn't forget who was introduced at what time or anything, and then I was like, "That's that." So I'm I'm cutting myself off at ten minutes, and now I'm um, ready to get back into it. Yeah, I want to see what happens, and that's so. Just speaking on murder mysteries in general, that is one of the things about mysteries that makes them such a popular genre. Is we know this, right? We know that reading or experiencing something a second time, you get more joy from it because you know the parts that you like that are coming and you can Mm -hmm. be excited for them. And the parts you don't like, you know when to sort of like move through them much quicker. So especially in a murder mystery where people would expect the entire thing needs to be, you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. And this movie in which like, oh no, you do know who did it. You don't realize you do know, like at certain points in the movie, Mm -hmm. but you know who did it, but yeah. it's still it's still a mystery. It's you know there's more parts to it than just oh who was it? How did they do it? Why did they do it? And then when you go back and revisit, you're able to catch all that stuff, and then you're able to catch the stuff that you thought you'd catch, and then there's it's so good. Oh well, no, you and I just getting to this episode at so many points. We're like, oh, I don't want to talk about the spoilery right. thing that's coming next, but that is one of the most enjoyable parts about seeing this movie and watching it minute by minute. Of course, is like. Oh, I know, I know all the parts that I like that are coming up. Oh, but I can't say anything. <laughs> so what I was saying was the the last time I went to London, um, I saw the Mousetrap, which I had seen all because when I travel, I travel for theater because I'm a stereotype of myself. Um, <laughs> and you know, I, I went to London and I had seen the Mousetrap already because if you travel for theater and you go to London, you're going to see them. It's the longest running play in history. It's been running for fifty seven years, um, <laughs> and it's an Agatha Christie murder mystery. Uh, and I had managed to avoid, and I, I'm going to be honest, I'm a bit of a spoiler hound. That's one of the reasons I knew I had to see Knives Out right away. Because the longer the spoilers were on the internet, the longer I was going to, like, just peek over. And I, 
I knew I wouldn't be able to help myself. I managed to avoid finding out the ending, and I, it was it was fascinating and thrilling and uh, to watch. And then I went back and I was like, "Am I going to be so lame that I'm going to travel to an entirely different continent <laughs> and see a show that I've already seen?" And then the answer was, "Yeah, because it's a murder mystery, and I want to see it now that I know who the killer is." Of course you are. You have a brand, and that Plus, needs to yeah. be respected. Plus, that show changes casts every year, and I wanted to compare the actors. <laughs> By the way, mostly better the first time. I think I got kind of a rough cast the second time around. <laughs> well, and one of the things about being theater people is, like, when you mm-hmm. when you work in live theater, you're seeing about as much live theater as other people um, see movies. Right? Yes. Because <laughs> you're not, like, if you're not a part of the local theater world wherever you are, you're not really that involved in it. Kind of the only people who are seeing plays are people who are... In the- <laughs> yeah, when it when it comes to to local theater, as you say, it's uh there's there's it's a small world after all. <laughs> yeah. Anytime, so, anytime I'm in a show and like I get a bunch of new Facebook requests, it's always like you have ninety three mutual friends. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, we were all in Charlie Brown together. I remember mm-hmm. that. <laughs> right, right. Oh, oh, I saw you in the Wild Party. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, no, you're very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I feel like we got here. I had so many spoilers that I had to stop myself doing. And now we're at this moment and I'm just drawing a blank. I'm just going to have to remember drawing a blank. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to remember to bring an index card next time. Because I definitely said we'll get to that on Friday about like three things that I uh, I have not got to. Because I did not bother writing them down. So I'll have to remember that for next time. I pad and I didn't even bother <laughs> to write uh. things that I would need to remember. <laughs> Well, I guess that means for now we will sign off and uh, turn it over to the folks that are going to be here next week. Uh, so next week uh, you'll be going through, of course, the next five minutes. Uh, we'll be, I believe that will bring us to the uh, end of the interviews uh, and we'll get into the more sort of pointed questions. And uh, you will get to meet a Benoit in person because I do remember Joni is the one who finally says, who is that? So. Who is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, so that's that. We will. Uh, well, well, I'll see you later, uh, Michael. Thank you so much for uh, joining me. And it's so lovely uh, to be here. Yeah, you. You, you have been a lovely guest. And uh, uh, I will say, this was a little behind the scenes thing. Uh, Michael did have to sort of spring in at the last second when somebody else had a scheduling conflict. Um, <laughs> and who knows? Maybe it'll happen again. Hey, I'm I'm happy to be a pinch hitter. I don't play sports, but I can talk. That's two baseball re- about two baseball topic. references we've done within a week. <laughs> For theater people talking about a mystery movie, that's pretty big. I always do sort of like put baseball players and actors and, and theater people in the same category because I think they're they're the two careers that are equally as suspicious as the <laughs> other. <laughs> I'll go for that. Yeah, like if if you ever like walk into a house where like a baseball player and an actor are married, you'll notice that there's there's a bunch of horseshoes everywhere. There's like mm-hmm. there's salt circles. There's uh, everybody's always. Uh, what are other superstitious things? If you break a mirror, they have to move. If you they say, burn if it you down say, and salt the earth. If you say Macbeth, they shoot you. Yeah, that's actually grounds for divorce and murder. Like later. <laughs> That's one that I do not stick to. And then one time I was doing a show and I set Macbeth backstage and they made me go outside. And I was like, seriously, guys, seriously, you're actually doing this. Uh. It's like, 
I, it, you, you feel so silly being like the skeptic among theater people of being like, what is, because you also have your own silly little superstitions that you don't want people to call you out on. Like if I was like, look, I'm allowed to say Macbeth, they would be like, you're also allowed to go on stage without taking three deep breaths and singing like a Google song under your breath too. How I'm like, no, I'm not. Do you want me to catch fire? spontaneously in the middle of my performance best of we are so far afield from knives out we should probably stop recording but i i, I, I will end us with this it's all right listen it's friday we're getting crazy um i will end with this the best theater superstition was somebody i worked with uh, on a production of disaster um who on opening night of every single show would listen to the song shia labeouf which if you have never heard it is a song about somebody who wakes up in the forest Wakes up in a forest and is chased by Shia LaBeouf, who is a cannibal. <laughs> and he just sat there listening to him, like, like bang. It was like Dwight in the office, like, banging his head in the car before the meeting. It was great. He's having his own Eminem get-ready-to-go-on-stage <laughs> moment, and it's just actual cannibal show. <laughs> and that's it from us, guys. Uh, we will see you again.